When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Inside Gamecock Athletics, the official podcast of the South Carolina Gamecocks. Now, here's your host, the Director of Athletics at the University of South Carolina, Ray Tanner. Our first guest today is Spencer Eason Riddle, our linebacker from our football team from Raleigh, North Carolina. Before we get into the substance of our conversation today, you got to tell me how you felt the last few days when we were in Athens. Man, it was... It was incredible. It was one. It's one of those moments, one of those games I will never forget. That's for sure. Um, just all, just the adversity our team had during that whole game, and how we came together and came out on top is something that I'll never forget. It, it was, it was, it was a very surreal moment. So. Well, I, I was uh, at the game, as you know, and I always like being down on the field in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And I think I walked up and down the field about five times so that's uh, <laughs> that's a lot of yardage and I asked myself what am I doing you know what exactly am I going to get out of this but it, it was a heck of a game and not not too many teams win in Athens regardless of the year and the circumstance they have a tremendous home record a great they football do. team yep. and and uh we we had a tremendous tremendous fight about us and we had some opportunities to win the game, some opportunities to lose the game. Exactly. But we were we were able to win it, so it was a, a great great bus ride home for sure. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Okay, you know, let's talk a little bit about you have received the National Football Honor. That was about a month ago. We still got a, a month left in our season, and you were named as one of the 22 football student athletes to the 2019 All-State Good Works team. This recognition takes into account commitment to good works off the field. And your special guest today on Inside Gamecock Athletics, tell us a little bit about, you know, how you became a member of the good works team. Well, um, just a lot of extensive work in the community and um, just honestly, it's just my, you know, I just feel like I just have like a calling just to serve others and impact others. There wasn't any 
you know, purpose to try to aim for this award, but uh, I'm very honored and privileged to have national recognition, but I'm, I'm, you know, it's just some of the things I've been doing in the community, uh, visiting cancer patients, uh, going to the VA and helping serve veterans through physical therapy in the emergency room, and then, you know, going to the Children's Hospital and then serving those, um, those kids as well. You've been doing this kind of thing for quite a while. How did it come about? I mean, did you did you do this as a youngster, or when you came to the University of South Carolina, was there a time that you just said, "This is this is what I'm going to do. This is what right. I need to be doing." For sure, yeah. Um, actually, right after I graduated high school, I took a mission trip with a church in Raleigh with my mom, my brother, and I, and you know a few few other church members, and we went to the rural mountains of Jamaica, just where poverty is very prevalent. And we, all we did is just painted schools and just kind of rebuild and like restructure some of their, their school buildings and stuff. And then just have like Bible studies with them. And it was an eye opening experience. It's very humbling. And that, I think I kind of kickstarted, um, that piece of like that, you know, service and impact that I can have on people. And right after that, I came here and I was like, you know, the city of Columbia has so much to offer. There's so many opportunities here for community service. So um, I started the VA and it kicked off from there. It's just, you know, you make connections with so many people. It's like, oh, yeah, I know someone who works there. I know someone who works there. It's like, oh, yeah, let, let me start a project there. Like, oh, I could bring some teammates to go visit cancer patients. And then like, oh, yeah, I have some stuff at the Habitat for Humanity that I can do. And it's just it's, it's one after another. And I think it, it's just awesome to see. Um, all the opportunities that Columbia has for community service. It's incredible to hear you talk about that because there's 24 hours in a day. Yes. You got a full schedule. I mean, you're playing football at a power five school and it's full time with academics and school and you're working on your master's already. I am. After receiving your undergraduate in public health. How How do you get it all done? It's, uh, I'm, I'm very good at time management. It, it, it's a lot of time management skills and, um, it is very, just being very disciplined with how you spend your time and, um, who you spend it with. I think, you know, just like, just to go through my day, like basically on our practice days, I, you know, wake up at like six, you know, go to practice. I'm at the facility till about 1130, 12. And then right now I have to do a graduate assistantship along with my master's program. So I could go do that for a few hours in the afternoon, then, you know, find time to eat within, you know, those breaks and then go to class. But usually on Fridays or Mondays, I'm you'll a bit more lax on the football schedule. So I'll go to the cancer center and go visit patients or, you know, go to the children's hospital and go visit those patients and stuff like that. It's just like little times during the week, just an hour here and there is all it takes. Well, uh- uh, you know, you make me feel very inept at my oh, job. Oh, man, you know, no, no. I, I think I spend a lot of time at my job. I can't keep up. I can't keep up with you. That's incredible. That's oh, man. so yeah. impressive. We're extremely we're extremely p- proud of you. I appreciate so that. So you're, you're from Raleigh. I am. Did you know that that's sort of my stomping grounds? Uh, I think I've heard I've heard some some something like that. I don't know, yeah. Did you Do you see signs around Raleigh that have my name on them? Uh, I haven't, I haven't been in Raleigh for a while now, so I'm not really, I'm not really sure. I haven't, yeah, I only, I only go to Raleigh for about maybe a couple of times a year, which my mom probably wants to be more, but yeah. Yeah. Well, there aren't any signs, but 
<laughs> yeah, how, about, how about uh, Emedios? You ever heard of a restaurant called Emedios on Western yeah. Boulevard? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's I want good. you, when next time you go home, I want you to go to Emedios. Okay. Because they have a special seating area with my name on it. Yeah, NC State stuff. Because okay. I did my undergraduate there. Yeah, okay. So we'll. I'll, I'll have to scout that, that out. Yeah, for sure. You can take your mom and have a little pasta to meet Hey, there, yeah, it's good stuff. I'll it's be, good. Be, and then you can say, I know that guy. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to have to take a picture of that next time I go visit. Yeah, put it on Twitter, will you? <laughs> yeah, I got you. That's <laughs> awesome. So you do so much. I mean, you, you've, you've excelled in the classroom. You finished your undergrad, as, as we talked about. Mm-hmm. And you do so much in the community. How does that affect your relationship with your teammates? I mean, do you... Do you put any pressure on them to come with you? Do you just tell them about opportunities? H- how does that work? Yeah, so, uh, you know, obviously I know they, they have busy schedules too and, you know, they have their time that they like to commit to their um, their things as well and their hobbies. But, like, just just this past week, um, obviously we had fall break, so we didn't have class on Thursday. But, you know, we had to prepare for Georgia, so we still had practice and everything. So, you know, I look for opportunities like that because then I brought – I think seven or eight of my teammates with me to go to the cancer center and then visit patients there. And it was like, just little, just little moments like that, um, just helps, helps me and, you know, helps them realize like how fortunate we are and to have the position that we're in and to have the platform that we have here being a South Carolina football player. And that kind of impact can have on people because, I mean, we, we visited there just to kind of talk to them and, you know, all those things. And then there's there's Clemson fans there. There's Gamecock fans there. And it's just it, – it's a really good time. And um, we, we – and I'm sure, like, we really brightened those people's days. And it was, it was just very – it was a really cool moment. It was a blessing to be able to do that. So That's, that's tremendous that, yeah. that you're able to do that. And you, you started uh, the Sandstorm Buddy Program, right? I did, yes, sir. Tell us, tell us about the creation. Okay, Do you so, have a patent on it? Because I like the name. I'm not yeah, trying to get I, ahead of you. Well, I don't have a patent on it, but it, 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 it is my it is it is my child, the Sandstorm Buddy Program. Uh, I did create it. I, you know, I've 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 visited whenever we go to a bowl game, we visit these children's hospitals, and you know, we always, you know, there's only a few of us that can go and visit for the patients just for a little while. And I thought, you know, you know, we like we can do so much. You know, with our great Prisma Health Children's Hospital here right in Columbia, like we can do so much more to help these kids out. So what I wanted to do was create a program that pairs the chronically ill kids of the hospital with student athletes and kind of create a buddy system, kind of big sister, little sister, you know, big brother, little brother kind of thing. And um, so they can just form deep and meaningful relationships with each other and uh, just kind of it's just kind of a extension off of just visiting them for the day or visiting them for a couple hours and giving them a gift or whatever. So, um, yeah, we're still working on the implementation of it. It's a long process with the hospital and all the regulatory measures that they have to do. And then, um, you know, I'm kind of, some student athletes have been helping me with it, but I'm mostly kind of pulling all the way by myself, which is tough, but, uh, you know, we're, we're getting it going and, you know, I'm, I appreciate the athletes being patient with it cause we're still trying to get it started. So, but it, it it's really it's coming along and I'm really proud of it. So, well, yeah. that's very special. Yeah, your, your mind never stops, does it? You just keep no, going. I keep yeah. So keep you going. don't you don't sleep at night. You it's like <laughs> the day's broken into three eight-hour shifts. Is that the way you do it? Well, yes, sort of. I uh, yeah, I don't I don't I don't really take naps. 
Uh, you know, I know a lot of student athletes, they take a little power naps. I just, I can't do it because then I can't sleep at night. So I try to get seven to eight hours, which is tough, but you know, I, I mean, you know, sometimes, especially during the season, I don't get much sleep. But You got the wheel spinning, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> so going back to uh, college football or any other sport, you've, yeah. been, you've been through this deal. You're, you're toward the end of your career. Yeah, for sure. What, what message would you share with a young man or young woman that mm -hmm. is trying to get into the collegiate environment? What's, uh, what's the message that you would send? Well, I, it, it is tough. It is a lot of work. I think um, definitely if you think you work hard in high school, you got another thing coming. Because it, <laughs> it is it – is, um, I remember one person saying when I was in high school, like just going, like going D3 – it's like working as an athlete and then working as a student, and it's like having a part-time job on top of it. And then going D2 is like having a full-time job, and then D1 is like full-time and then working overtime. So it's, it is – I mean, truly, like I just said my schedule the other day, like it, like I'm six to nine nonstop, you know, the, on my practice days, and it, it's tough. It is a grind, and that's, that's really the thing you have to prepare for. But at the same time, I think it – it better equips us for what the real world has for us and what it what can the you know the real world can kind of present to you i guess so it, it is rewarding but it, it's very tough and you got to be mentally emotionally prepared for that i think once you get into the real world i think you're, you're gonna be challenged to fill up your day <laughs> yeah, yeah probably for sure yeah i'm gonna have to uh yeah i think so yeah i'm gonna have to find something to do that, that'll be awesome so we mentioned that you did your undergraduate in public health and you're, you're pursuing your master's right now yes in what field uh master's of health administration so still in the arnold public health school um but yeah it's, it's going well so far it's a little adjustment to make um class is a lot smaller you might get called on a little bit more but uh it, it it's cool I, I really enjoy it and i'm glad to be a part of a university that has such good programs and um, things that I can kind of extend my education in. So, okay, so let's uh, maybe two, three, four years from now, if if football is no longer in the picture, you're not right. starting in NFL, which yep, you might be, maybe. but if you aren't, we'll see. Where do you see yourself? What are you going to be doing? <sighs> That's a tough question. Um, uh, public health is such a broad field. Uh, you know, I've I've worked. You know, right now I'm working. Um, in surgical operations and service lines with uh, Ryan Hall, I think you know him. Sure. Um, so I, I work with him at Prisma, so I'm kind of get the operations side of the hospital uh, right now in health administration. But you know, also I'm interested in medical sales and uh, obviously community outreach work. So I mean, we'll see. I'm I'm not really sure right now. Well, I got a feeling whatever direction you go, that nobody's going to put in more hours and more effort than you put in. So I hope you're not Let's competing see. with me as, as, you, as you move forward. <laughs> All right. Okay, you came you came into this program here at the university as a walk-on. Yes, sir. But before the season started, following one of our practices, Coach Muschamp called you out to say you've, you'd earned a scholarship. Yep. I, that's, that was... to me, you know, I get chills thinking about it. Describe your feeling when that happened. Oh, man. Oh, man. It was it, – it was – like well, it would probably want to be one of the best moments of my college career because um, I was just feeling you know you know having my teammates there and then my parents surprised me and then just so many people um, giving me hugs you know all the people that 
you know, saw me work being in the weight room by myself and putting in the extra work and like just saw how I came to work every day and, you know, never complained and never did any of that stuff and how I just seriously like bottom to the top, just get trying to earn that scholarship. And um, it, it was a surreal moment. I can't really put words to describe like what I was feeling because I, I wanted to, you know, cry tears of joy. I wanted to just hug everybody. I just wanted to like laugh or, and it was, it was just insane. Like it was, I couldn't feel anything in my body. It was insane, but I, I really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, it was, it was a lot of, it was a long time coming and I, I feel like I deserved it and it was, it was hard work earned. So yeah. Well, congratulations to you. I know that I know that was very special. And, yes, it was. And, and I, I know that your parents have loved you since birth. They probably <laughs> loved you a little bit more when that happened. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They for sure. They're like made for a good year. I know. They're like, man, they, we have to pay for your graduate program now. I was like, yeah, you don't. That, that's a, that's a good deal right there. Outstanding. But yeah. So on the field, you you've been at the linebacker spot. You've been a fullback. Yep. You've been on special teams. Yep. You've done a little bit of everything. I have. Yes. Okay. So if um, Coach Muschamp called you in today, which yeah. he's not going to. But if he did, okay. and yeah. he said, "Hey, what do you want to do? Pick a position." Out of those three, yeah. What are you going? What are you going to do? He, he's not going to give you that option. No, obviously, yeah. Let's just let's say he's in a good mood one day, and he says, "Hey, tell me what you want to do." Man, uh, I I I don't know. I really I really like linebacker. It's it's. It's very, you know, they call it the quarterback of the defense, but you're you're just kind of the the commander. You're making sure everyone gets the checks, and you're reacting to what the offense is lining up. And it's just it's 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 a great feeling, and it really gets me fired up when I'm able to line everyone up where we're able to get the call, know what plays being run, and then stop the offense and say like, yeah, you're not, you can't do that tonight. Like you can't do that today. Like we're all over that. Like that's a great feeling. I, I love that. So I love that linebacker is really cool in that. Um, and then obviously like I love special teams and fullback. It's just linebacker right now is like, yeah, that, that'd be my top pick for sure. Okay. I'll tell you what I'll do since you were so kind to come over and be part of the podcast today. I'm going okay. to tell Coach Muschamp that I have a request, and, okay. and, and it needs it needs to be your deal. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to say, "And why are you why are you saying this?" I'm going to say, "Because he was a great interview." There you so, go. So yeah, you I, have, I, I appreciate you that. Yeah. Have reasons for that. I got you for All sure. Right, so, um, as we said, you've been around for a while. A little bit, yeah. You, you're um, it's gonna it goes fast. It oh man, faster than you ever believe it. All right, as so, you know, so try to. Capture this for me. What okay. what does what has it meant to you to wear the garnet in black? It 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 means the world. You know, I I did not I did not growing up in Raleigh. I did not grow up a Gamecock fan, but I definitely saw the atmosphere and the sandstorm. Like just, and it, it was so incredible here. And I'm I was truly um, truly blessed to be able to have the opportunity to come here and play. And it it is incredible. Just all the fans and. Um, the connections you make and is it, it is truly no place like South Carolina and it you know put on that garden in black every Saturday and getting to run out to 2001 it it, it, it is incredible I, I will I will greatly miss it uh, a couple of years from now so but it's it, it's something that um, I'll truly hold dear in my heart that's for sure well regardless of what happens in your future you're always going to be a gamecock and the door's always going to be sure, open for, sure. for you to come back and 
you know, if, if I can hang on, you know, once you're not an athlete anymore, you can maybe come out, hang out in my suite and entertain some donors. Cause oh, man, we'll, I think we'll you, see I about that. I think you probably could raise a little bit of money. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll have to try. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll hold you I'll hold you to that. I think he, for sure. I think, I think you could do that. <laughs> okay, so it's hard. You're, you're finishing up. You're doing a lot. You're busy. Five years. Five years from now, what, what are you going to be doing? Five years from now. Man, uh, that's a tough question because I mean, ma- mainly I just, um, I mean, I just plan in you know six month to year to a year increments and and kind of just you know um, see see like where I go and what relationships I make and um, how I'm able to you know just capitalize on kind of those relationships. But I mean, it's hard to tell five years because I'll be I'll be what twenty seven. Uh, well, you'll be old. It'll be. You'll I be, know. You'll be close. You get close to my age. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, it's it. It's hard to say. It's um. I you know you never know. Um, just where where, like what opportunities you get, and just like, I don't know. Just like what my what my purpose will be, and you know, it's just it, it's tough to tell um right now. But I might I might I may be in Columbia. Maybe in Charlotte, Raleigh, Atlanta. I have no idea. But yeah, I mean that—that's a tough question. I don't know. <laughs> well, I tell you, it's—it's uh, been great having you. Visit I appreciate today. it. And I know we've got uh, got a few games left in this season. Oh yeah, I can't wait. We picked up a little momentum last week, and hope this thing will continue, and we'll get to play toward the end of the year, maybe into 2020. Oh, so I hope so. You I'm and I pumped. can continue to have some dialogue, and you know. Because this went so well, we might we might take this on the road. Let's hope we're in a bowl game somewhere. Oh yeah, we'll set up in the lobby and we'll have like a a podcast and we'll invite guests to come sit in with us. That'd right? be awesome. Now now, what kind of guests? So what what what's on your list for a potential guest? Well, they'd have to be they'd have to be VIP type candidates. Okay, you okay. know, like like stars. We you know not not just some. Uh, your teammates, you know, we'd oh, have, we'd have yeah. to have no, some no. Yeah, high-caliber people. You know, okay. According to what city we're in. You well, know, that's you, true. You know, we'll get an NFL player or two or Ooh, NBA. Nice. You know, we'll get somebody that's uh, very special. That'd be movie awesome. Movie star. You never never can movie tell. Star. You know movie stars? Well, not really. But okay, we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll call. If my people and your people would get together. There we, you go. You know, we might could come up with that. Hey, that'd be a lot of fun. I'm down for you it. You think? Oh, yeah. Well, you know what we could do? We could – um. You ever listen to sports talk radio? No, not really. You no, know, no, I, I, don't I don't either because okay. I figure they don't really know exactly what we do. Yeah. But we probably would be good at that. I pro- we probably would. Yeah. We could we could talk about all the teams and all the different players and Oh, for sure. You don't you don't have to be right when you do sports talk radio. No, I don't think you do. You just you, talk. You just have to have an opinion. Yeah. You just yeah. have to put And then it out people there. react and that's how it works. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, we're, we're proud of you. We're, well, I appreciate we're excited it. about the, what the future holds for you on the field and off the field. We know that you're going to be tremendously successful, and uh, I hope that we can get together again sometime. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Spencer Eason Riddle. Go Gamecocks. Our next segment on Inside Gamecock Athletics, we're going to talk about recruiting and how some of our programs get the very best student athletes in the world to come and compete 
for our Gamecocks. Joining us today on this segment is Gamecock women's basketball assistant coach, Jolette Law, known as one of the best recruiters in the nation. We're going to get back to that. This past season, she helped bring in the number one class in the nation for Coach Staley's program. So, ones, we just do ones, right? That's, we're going to, is that part of the deal? <laughs> That's the goal. Okay. Along with uh, Coach Law today is Gamecock football director of player personnel, Matt Lindsay. Matt came to Carolina in 2017 from the Philadelphia Eagles. Two Staley's Philadelphia Eagles. That's right. That's I might right. Uh, he and Don Staley's Philadelphia Eagles. Too, oh, yeah, right? I know. Yeah, yeah she's. Sure. I think she just pulls for Alshon most of the time. <laughs> yeah, though. yeah. Um, and you graduated from a school in the West. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty good football program over there. Yeah, decent. Uh, Coach Saban's yeah. team, so yeah. that's awesome. And you worked there in the, in the recruiting office as a student. Yes, sir. Pretty good training ground. Yeah. I bet yeah, it wasn't yeah. easy getting into that office. No, no. <laughs> it's a lot of begging. You know, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of asking, what can I do to help out? So, so one of the things in 2017, you were listed – uh, by 247 Sports says 30 under 30 list of rising stars in college football. Mm. Are you kidding me? <laughs> 30. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty. It's pretty big honor. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's does that go? Does that go hand in hand with winning games or having a lot of great athletes? Uh, I think it goes hand in hand with getting good athletes and and uh, hopefully the winning comes from getting good players. So that's what we hope, anyways. Well, that was the key, but back. Yeah. Back in the day that I coached, somebody, sometimes I'd take the good athletes and I'd coach them poorly. So yeah, <laughs> sometimes you do that. Yep. Um, coach, coach Law, I got before before we get into recruiting too much. I, we got to talk about the Globetrotters. <laughs> you know, I know some people know that you played for the Globetrotters, but not everybody. So give us a background and and how that all happened. How long you played? I played for four years, and uh, how I got started. Sometimes they say when you uh, when one door closes. God opens a window. Um, I got cut first first time ever in my life. I got cut from USA Basketball. And uh, the director of personnel and the staff at the Harlem Globetrotters was there. And I always tell my players, don't you always have to know that someone's watching you. And they were watching me. And uh, when I got cut, they called and said that they wanted to have me come out and try out for the Harlem Globetrotters. And I really thought it was a joke. Um, <laughs> but I accepted you know, the opportunity to go, and I made the team. That's incredible to me. Yeah. A lot of travel? A lot of travel. Like, um, been to almost 70 different countries, um, just trying to, you know, just travel the world at a very young age since I graduated from college. Um, had opportunity to see the world and just carried a torch for women, you know, and it was it was a great experience. And you, you how long did it take you to learn all the tricks of the trade? I mean... You probably could shoot. You could probably could dribble. You could play a little defense. But when you play with the Globetrotters, it's all about the spice. It was about the spice. And as soon as I made the team, it was a lot of spending time in the hotel rooms. Uh, a lot of my money, my per diem, and my money went to uh, paying for hotel lamps, just trying to <laughs> practice. So, you know, it was on-the-job training. I had to learn fast, and uh, they threw me out there. So, everyday practicing. Four years you did that? Four years, yes, sir. Wow. And is it true that you never lost a game? That's true. Undefeated. 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 The Washington Nationals never got you. They came close. Uh, December 7th, I can remember the day. We were in uh, Alaska, Anchorage, Alaska, and they (laughs) – 
they came out on fire. Everything they threw up was, you know, they it went in. So we really had to cut some of the, the tricks out. <laughs> you know, we, we were like, oh, we had to turn the mics on. We got to play. We got to play. So um, we ended up winning, but we didn't win by, by much, but did, we did win. Did the officials travel with you guys or the Nationals? Uh, they travel with both. They were traveling with us, and then sometimes they'll travel with the Washington General. So, oh, I call them the Nationals, but they're the Generals. It's the General Washington Generals. Okay. So, you know, they were. Well, the Nationals are playing baseball right now, so I, I got confused. <laughs> that's okay. All right, so when you know, for everybody that's listening today, I'd like both of you to talk about this. When you are when you're throwing your pitch to prospective student athletes, um, there's there's so many things that go into a young man or a young woman's decision on where they go to school. As a recruiter, let, let's talk about that, and I, I'd ask you both to answer this question. And what what do you think is the most important thing to them, or, or is it something different for everybody? Um, I, I I think here um, the investment in the student athlete is something that Coach Muschamp and the rest of the coaches talk about a lot. Um, And I think it's obvious when they step on campus here, whether it's our facilities, um, the kid and Cindy Long Operation Center, our stadium, you know, the rice, the Doty, the stuff around campus, uh, nutrition, the staff, the people that we've invested in. Um, I think that's a big thing. It's just a commitment to investing in the student athlete um, needs to be obvious when they step on campus. And and that's something we have here that maybe some places don't. and the other thing that's specific to here is, is just the experience you get in Columbia, um, the capital city, having a lot of opportunities, um, a lot of our players doing uh, their internships in Maymester in the summer and, and, and all the different avenues and, and opportunities that they have just from being here in Columbia and then with also in proximity to um, Charlotte, Charleston, Greenville, Atlanta, um, kind of being in the center of that right there. That, that's another appealing uh, thing for recruits to see when they come through here? I just try to create a, you know, a vision for them, try to paint the picture of how special this place is. Um, I try to also echo what Coach Staley is all about. She's a champion, and um, she's she's a winner. And I uh, just try to, you know, talk to them about our facilities, about, you know, our, our fan base, about the academic support, um, the ath- you know, the athletic department supports us, you know, like nobody – you know, just really supports us. So I just try to illustrate and paint a picture for them of what they're going to experience here at the University of South Carolina. Great. And, and as you know, I get a chance on many occasions to visit with football recruits, and I get a chance to visit with your women's basketball recruits, and that's always a special time for me because I've been here for a long time, and you don't stay in one place unless it's very special. And, and that's that's the first note that I always share is, you know, I've been here for over 20 years, uh-huh. and I pause, and they look at me like, okay, are you going to say anything else? I mean, it's like I've been here. Th- there's a reason you're at a certain place for a long time, uh-huh. that you're not looking to leave, and it's not greener on the other side. Uh-huh. And and my mantra, and y'all have heard this from me before, is student athletes first. Uh-huh. I mean, we're here. We're here to serve. I mean, yeah, we're here to coach. We're here to try to win games. We're, tr- we're here to try to do all the things you've talked about. But, you know, it, it's so important that we understand our role is to create an atmosphere as an athlete and a student that prepares them for life after. I mean, the, the, ball, the ball 
quits bouncing at, at some point. Right. And uh, we feel like this is a very special place. And, and I know that you do as well for them to prepare for the future. Um, recruiting is tough. I mean, it's competitive. I, I did it for a long time. And, and although we, we think the University of South Carolina is number one, there's other people out there banging. You know, there's other people out there saying, oh, how about our place? And, you know, you get those, those kind of challenges. Explain, how, explain what you go through and how tough it can be. Oh, it's tough. I mean, you know, every night, every day, there's like, you know, everybody thinks their program is the best. Um, I just, you know, hit the ground running and while everybody's sleeping, you know, I'm still awake. Because in my mind, you know, having the opportunity to be here at the University of South Carolina, I, I, I believe wholeheartedly in that. So I just try my best to just try to sell every opportunity I possibly can and just continue to just, you know, keep grinding. And it is tough. you got negative people that are negative recruiting against you, finding angles. I try to make sure that I find anything that they can possibly say about our university and just try to, you know, be it before they, uh, they start, you know, negative recruiting. Well, I've been in your shoes as, as an assistant coach and a head coach when you're out recruiting. And it's some, sometimes you go to a game or practice and you're sitting with your competition. Now, mm-hmm. Matt, you're in a little bit different spot, mm-hmm. but – but and your coaches do that. But when you're doing that, and I can remember the days that I did it. So you're sitting next to school X Y Z on one side and X Y Z on the other side, and you're watching the same player, mm-hmm. and you chat a little bit because it's most of the time it's collegial. Right. Maybe not with all schools, but a lot of schools it's collegial. Right. Are you a little bit? Savvy, or, or you know, do you? I don't say I've been doing it for 25 years, and uh, <laughs> the relationships that I've built over the years, uh, you know, a lot of my colleagues are in the SEC, I have a lot in the ACC. Um, but at the end of the day, you're gonna win some, you're gonna lose some. But I try to not let our relationships, you know, just like you win a game, you know, you shake hands and you hug. But when we're there working, I'm going after a player. They're going after a player. We just try to be a little savvy. Don't share a lot of information. Do you ever do you ever say that? Ah, she's a really good player, but ah, she's a little bit slow, or she doesn't shoot real well. Do you ever, when you really don't feel that way, do you ever throw that out? I, I don't say a whole. <laughs> you know, everybody says Jola has a wonderful personality, but when she's at work. I'm just serious and focused. I try my best not to talk a lot about, we could talk about anything else, but those kids run up and down the court. But uh, I try not to, you know, throw little things out at them. And they was like, Law, who are you looking at? Who are you recruiting? And I'll just throw it back at who you guys are recruiting. Just try to keep it at a minimum. You're not giving anything up, Nothing, I can tell. Not at all. I can tell. If I was recruiting against you, I would be bothering you all the time. At least I would distract you. I would try to do that. You would try to. But no, I have my eyes on the prize. I'm trying to trying to win. So, man, I know you got your coaches. You get mm-hmm. your coaches out on the road, and uh, yeah, I don't know. You prepare them to get out, and I, I know they come back, and you hear stories that you probably say who was there, or they tell you who was there, and you know, yeah. there's some type of back and forth. Yeah, for a lot of the people that don't know, like I can't. I'm not on the road traveling, recruiting. Uh, I'm kind of. Um, the person at the home base for them and, and their point of contact while they're out on the road. And, yeah, they, they come back with a lot of stories. And, well, so-and-so was at this game or I, I was in there and this high school coach told me that so-and-so came by the school and they're still recruiting this kid that's committed to us. Or, um, yeah, I think th- there's good and bad to this. You know, where we're at geographically, you know, in our six-hour radius, we touch a lot of states, you know, South Carolina, North Carolina, um, Georgia, Florida, 
Tennessee, Alabama, and then even in the Northern Virginia. Um, so that's good for us because we can reach a lot of different players. Um, but it's bad for us in the fact that we have to re- recruit against a lot of really good teams and, and not just SEC teams, ACC teams. And, and so it creates a lot of competition. We're recruiting against a lot of different people. We may have different battles down in Miami and South Florida. And, um, and then we may have some in D.C. where there's kids that, you know, every school's coming in on. You got, you know, the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Alabamas coming in to try to get the kids. So, um, so yeah, it, it creates a good opportunity for us, but it creates a lot of uh, challenges too. Um, being here and having a lot of good players in a close proximity to us, you know. So I'm going to jump off script just for a second because mm-hmm. the other day um, I was I was flying with our pilot and mm-hmm. we were chit chatting and he was telling me that he had just taken Coach Muschamp on a recruiting trip and I said, well, right. who were there any other coaches with him? He said, no, he was by himself. And I said, well, where'd you go? And he told me, you know, mm-hmm. which you know we we try not to tell people where we go. Right. So he told me where they where you where he dropped him off at. And I said, well, mm-hmm. was somebody there to pick him up? He said, no, he had a, had a car waiting for him. Mm-hmm. I said, well, he's going more than one place. And he's, I said, did somebody give him d- directions? Right. I mean, that's tough because I know he's yeah. busy and he's going from one yeah. thing to the other. And the pilot said to me, do you know Matt Lindsay? <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, believe yeah. me, he's got a script. Yeah. He knows where he's going. He knows where the coaches are. He knows the phone numbers. He knows the contacts. He can't get lost, so you got you got a lot to do. Yeah, you got that's, a bunch of coaches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got you know the ten assistants, and then the head coach makes eleven. But a lot of times, what my job is is to basically tee it up for them to where they just got to hit the ground running and make it easy for them when they go out and they know where to go, what the address is, who's the head coach, what you know, what other kids are there, who they need to talk to. Um, but I would say coach and the rest of the coach Muschamp and the rest of the staff are really self-sufficient. I mean, coach, when we get into the, the nitty gritty of recruiting, you put him in a car and he'll he'll drive all through South Georgia and he'll hit nine schools in a day. And he he's kind of blue collar in that regard. You know, he some head coaches they need somebody to pick them up at the airport and chauffeur them to the school and remind them who they got to see. A lot of times he does a lot of it on his own. He'll he'll call the head coach and and talk to him. A lot of times it's people he knows. Um, but he, he is really self-sufficient in terms of head coaches in major college football. He does a lot of it on his own, and, and you know that. I mean, you've seen him. and Yeah, so we don't, he doesn't require a lot of hands-on maintenance once he gets out there. He, he hits the ground running. That's awesome. And I know, yeah. I know the work ethic in women's basketball and football, it's nice to know that we don't need a valet. You guys, <laughs> no. you just, you guys yeah. just go and take care of business, yeah. which, which I like. you know. And um, that, that's one thing that you know, I'm charged with. I'm charged with managing the budget. And we've got 21 sports here. You know, our revenues are about $125 million a year. Well, the deal is you don't spend more than $125 million. Right. And so we try to – I try to be fiscally responsible. But when it comes to recruiting, <laughs> it's like, hold on, we got to recruit. Right. You know, so that part has to, that, that part has to happen. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, – it's critical. And, and from a budget standpoint, it's often undefined. Right. Because sometimes – Recruiting budgets are high. Sometimes they're low, and it has nothing to do with the quality of your class. Right. It's mm-hmm. just based on that particular year and where you went yeah. and who you got. Yeah. So that, that's great. So we're living in a we're living in a different time. You know, we're you know back in the day that I recruited, it's not like it is today. You guys are dealing with social media. You got video. You got graphics. I mean, things are flying all over the place. Um, 
how is that shaped? You know, the what you're doing with with prospects this day and age. I mean, you got to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. You you have to evolve, right? You have to evolve, and each and every day, you know, you're talking to kids, you're talking to different things um, like social media, uh, Snapchat. Uh, back when I was recruiting a couple of years ago, I have to say about 10 years ago, that was, we didn't have to do all that. It was in hand notes, handwritten notes and the emails. But now it's just now they want to text. Stuff needs to be short. They want to see visual. A little picture here, picture there. Less words. And whatever is hot, you just got to just transition and try to evolve. That's yeah. the same. Yeah, I mean, whether we like it or not, we live in a social age and most of the kids that we're recruiting, they don't remember a time where they didn't have an iPhone in their hand or they don't remember a time before Twitter or Instagram and things like that. So it's something we have to be aware of and it's critical to our success. You know, Justin King and his whole group, they do a really good job packaging and branding South Carolina and South Carolina football and athletics and the campus and, and creating videos and, and graphics and messages for the kids that resonates with them. And, and you know, a lot of times the kids will share out stuff that we send them, and, and you know, that that makes that makes us feel good. It's like hey, this resonated, this message or whatever we were trying to convey resonated with them. So, would you say to both of you, would you say the whole the social media piece mm-hmm. is that has that been the biggest change that you've seen in recruiting in the last seven or eight years? I def- yeah, definitely. Just being visible. Um, every time you turn, you look at your phone, you're seeing something. So I just think the social media piece, the videos, the graphics, um, you know, Twitter, uh, I, uh, Instagram, that's been the, the hot thing. And I'm waiting now for another couple of months. What's coming out next? Yeah, the Snapchat. They're doing Snapchat. And I'm a little older. I'm like, I don't want you knowing <laughs> everywhere I'm going. But you have to be, you have to be relevant and know what they're doing. Yeah, I think from a recruiting standpoint, it's changed a lot of things. And then also from an information standpoint, it's probably changed a lot because now we we, we know, okay, well, so-and-so offered this kid or they offered this kid or they went to his game or he went and visited this school and he told us he was going here, you know. And so we have so much more information now on what's going on out there, good or bad, um, on these kids. So, yeah, it's definitely – it's changed things a lot for sure. Well, I, even, even as an athletic director, I've had to – I've had to do my very best to keep up to be able to understand what's going on. Fortunately, I still have children at home, so I got some good teachers. Right. You know, because right. sometimes I'm embarrassed to ask yeah. a student athlete, "What's this mean?" Okay. You know, or "What's what's this Instagram stand for?" Or, and then I'll go home and ask, and and I'll get wiser before I I come back. But uh, it it is very interesting. What what do you? We've talked about some some big highlights. Uh, about the University of South Carolina, what's um, maybe one huge message message point that maybe separates us? For me, it's the people. The people make this this place special, and our fans. Our fans are, you know, probably the best. They are the best fans in the country, and I just think you know um, the atmosphere when you every sport we're supportive of each other. It's just like a family type atmosphere here, and that's what we sell. That's a big selling point for for us, and um, you know, it's real. It certainly does make a difference. I, you know, back in the days when I was coaching, I'd always tell you know our fan base that we can't win without you. I mean, we can we can go get some recruits, we can coach them up, but if we don't have the passion and enthusiasm, we're still a little bit short. What yeah. have you experienced? Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I got here in February of 17, 
and not shortly after that, you guys were on your run going to the national championship. The men's basketball team was on their run, making it to the Final Four. And it was pretty incredible seeing the way that um, that the athletics department and the other sports, you know, were, were bonding around you guys and, and the school and the community and the state. And I don't think that's something that happens everywhere you go where you have, you know, football supporting women's basketball and or men's basketball. You know, usually there's one or two teams at each school that people root for and then the rest people kind of don't care about. Here it's not that way, you know, and, and like you said about the people. I mean, it's it's obvious once a recruit gets here and they meet the people, they meet, you know, the people over in the academic center, the, the nutritionist or the our staff. Or um, It's obvious to them that we have made an investment in having good people here and the right people here. Um, and Coach Sanner, I think it says a lot about you too. And we Coach tells them all the time, hey, our athletic director, he was a coach here. He understands – what it's like to be with, you know, the student athlete and he has a heart for you guys and you know, you don't always get that other places you go and so now I think it's it's critical to our success and it's just the people. Yeah, well I appreciate that and I do think it's so true and you know, like the we're sitting in the Rice Athletic Center today and just across the village here is the Dodie Anderson Academic mm-hmm. Enrichment Center and I tell people all the time that's their building. That's uh-huh. whose building? It's a student athlete's building. And they bond. Yeah. You know, they're in there. They have the tutorials. They have their learning specialist. You know, we have, a, we have food. Uh-huh. We have a nutrition area. And I see, I see the athletes mingle. Right. You know, they understand each other's sports. I go to volleyball matches. I see Coach Staley. I see football players right. over at, at volleyball. And yeah. that's kind of neat. It is. Yeah. You know, because we, we all make each other better. You know, you feed off of each other and use that kind of enthusiasm. I think it's real. It is. I, I don't think it's something you talk about and you say, oh, this is, you know, this is just a little bit of smack talk. Yeah. No, this, it, it, it makes it real. And um, that that's, I think, very special about our place. So, Coach Law, you, you, you've been in the middle of this number one recruiting class in the country. And, um, and now it appears we've been picked to win the conference. Okay, so – that that goes along you know that goes along with it but but there's got to be a challenge a challenge because you you're you know i was over at your practice the other day mm-hmm. um uh, there's good players running around but you got to keep recruiting definitely so that can't be easy it's not so that's something tell me how you you deal you deal with that you know i always tell people the first the recruiting class you get the next year is probably the toughest year because you got everyone talking about, you know, why should you go there? They're loaded. They have too many players. And uh, my comeback to them is just like we're trying to win championships. We're trying to be the best of the best. And we're trying to get people in here to be specialists. You're probably the best, one of the best defenders we have. You might be one of the best scorers. So um, you got to continue to find out what – key pieces that are missing and just continue to allow it just uh, explain to them their our expect, expectations and where they will fit in and their role on the team so you got to keep recruiting and this every day it's a challenge just trying to convince young people to come and be a part of the the number one recruiting class just to come and add to that's a better message to send than to try to convince them to put together a team that can be on top. Exactly. Yeah, come mm-hmm. be with us. Come be a part. Yeah, and let's continue good. to build and not win one championship, multiple 
championships. So, Matt, you, you're, you know, this is the fourth year that Coach Muschamp Air has mm-hmm. three bowl games in a row. We're going to fight for an opportunity to go to a fourth one. Mm-hmm. You're starting to experience some of the similar um, issues that women's basketball is talking about because I, I can tell you um, – just from my vantage point, Ryan Helensky's a pretty good quarterback. Right. Karen Joyner is a pretty good quarterback. Right. Um, and I, I took a moment the other day after the Georgia game. We're taping this after a few days after the Georgia win, where I said to Karen in the locker room, I, I, I just pulled him to the side and I said, "Proud of you. Yeah. You're proud of you for being who you are." Mm-hmm. And I, because I know people have told him. You know, because we got the crazy thing going along the transfer portal. We got right. you got yeah. people in his ear telling him you can do this, you can do that, and he's a selfless young man, and yeah. he played a key a key role in winning that game. So now you're recruiting, yeah. you're 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 trying to get guys to keep coming, and they look at you and say, you got some pretty good guys out there. Yeah, I, I would add Jay Yurick into that group too, a guy that's. Really, the third string quarterback now. Wide receiver, played, third string. Played, played receiver, played quarterback. He's played on special teams this year, um, and certainly, like, you look across the landscape of athletics. A lot of kids, if they don't get the opportunity, they're gonna, you know, hit the transfer portal and leave. And you know, we won that game because of an unselfish decision that Garyon made to stay here and stick it out. And um, you know, I, th- I think that that's good. We, and we've had other players that like that, too, that are at other positions that may not get as much notoriety. But um, but it's it's good anytime you get them to buy into the team. And and, and one of the things that, you know, being here um, for a few years and with Coach being here, you know, he talks a lot about competitive depth. And that's something we may not may have not had early on is we have guys that start and then we may not have anybody behind them. Well, now we have competitive depth. We have – we have really good seniors, and you got a really good sophomore behind them. You got guys that are making people better, and and that's what pushes you from good to great. I mean, you've been around some great teams, and so have you, Coach Law. The the more depth you have, typically, the better your your top group is. You better better your starters are, you know. And so that's that's kind of what we feel like is happening. We're we're starting to get some more depth, and the competition is getting better, and therefore the team is getting better. It's the whole iron sharpens iron thing, you know. So. Yeah, and it's 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 difficult. Recruiting is a, a process, mm-hmm. and you know, years ago when someone committed, that was sort of that was it. They committed, and it didn't have to be in writing. But yeah. now, when someone commits, that means the other schools just recruit them harder. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really it's changed. It's it's a it's a different era. But you know, you want you want people that come to school for the right reasons, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day whether it's football or whether it's women's basketball, probably less than 2%, maybe less than 1.5% are they going to make a living playing that sport. Right. So it's it's like this. You want to be a part of something really special or do you want it to be just special about you? I mean, right. that also factors in in, yeah. in such a big way. So let's, let's flip the calendar. Mm. Let's go to 2030. <laughs> you, you alluded to it just a little bit ago, but – what what's recruiting going to be like in 2030? What yeah. what's it going to be like? You know, and look, we can't throw in name, image, and likeness yet. We don't know what that's going to right. be like. But just from as we sit here today, how much is it going to change? We went from Twitter to Instagram to we got the Facebook. We got it all going on. We're juggling. What are we doing in 2030? Even I know tw- tw- uh, 2023. 
now they're going to get start getting paid. Well, we never know. Could you be. never know. Could be. But it's just going to, you know, right now, uh, <laughs> I know it's going to change, change drastically. But uh, I know we look at talent now, but it's going to come back to uh, the character of the kid. Is it a culture fit? Then the talent, you know. And I just think that, you know, uh, these Power 5 teams are starting to separate themselves. And uh, I, I can't even think 2030 right now. I'm just right now I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. But I know it's definitely going to be a big change. And we just got to be ready for it. And like I said, continue to evolve. The, the the technology, there's no telling where we're going to go with technology by right. 2030. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, I just think back the 10 years or so I've been working in football and how much recruiting has changed since then. And, yeah, I think one of, like, the biggest things is 10 years ago you – you were recruiting seniors and then you knew about a few underclassmen and juniors and stuff, but in football, you weren't recruiting eighth graders, ninth graders. And now it seems like that's happening. I think if any way we can, as a group, as coaches, as administrators, I'd like for us to find a way to slow it down a little bit to where you can give kids a chance to be kids, you know? And I was talking to somebody about this the other day where ninth graders, should just be concerned with being a ninth grader. You know, they shouldn't be worried about how many followers they have and how many offers they have or how many camps they've been to. And, you know, that's probably the thing that I, I don't like that I've seen the most is just the recruitment of young kids. And and uh, so I'd like for it to slow down somehow, but I'm not sure how you do it. I'm sure we can find a way. I'm sure smarter people than us can find a way. But, um, but yeah, that that's that's where it's heading. And I, I don't know if I necessarily like that part of it. Um but at the end of the day, there's a lot of things that have changed and people have made adjustments. There's been external factors like social media and stuff that's changed and people have adjusted to it. There's been rule changes with compliance and the NCAA that's affected things and people have adjusted to it. So um, it'll be gradual changes and uh, and people will adjust to them. But, yeah, I mean, there's no telling what it's going to be like, you know, 11 years from now. It's Well, it, it, it's really hard, and not to be cynical at all, but it's really hard even to come to school, play a sport, you get a degree, some yeah. get professional opportunities, most don't. And then it's hard to know what you want to do the rest of your life. And then you speed up the recruiting cycle that we have. That's what we've done. Yeah. We've sped it up. You know, you guys, yeah. you got to go see an eighth grader because you can hear she ducks. You got to go. You got to be there. She's got to see yeah. you there. Right. You know, and, but I'm kind of where Matt is. I, it'd be nice if they could say, hey, I can come to a game. Maybe you can leave them tickets, but. You know, there's no conversation. There's not going to be any wow factor. You're just going to visit campus, you know, walk the horse you own your own, for instance, and slow it down a little bit. Yeah. Give them give them a chance to grow instead of forcing them, you know, to be isolated and be in that category. And, and they've got to start doing their self-analysis. And, you know, you deal with the AAU teams, you know, and you've got the seven-on-seven seven going, yeah. you know, and you got all those factors that – Years ago, it just wasn't like that. So that's evolved. And yeah, in baseball, there's baseball dads that think their son at ten is going to be the greatest, you right. know, relief pitcher. Out, you know, and just yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Well, thank you guys for spending some time with us yeah, today. This is it's been a great conversation. As your athletics director, I'm extremely proud of both of your programs. And as you said, Coach Law, the people. You know, it, it's about. It's about the people bonding together, trying to pull in the right direction and and doing the right things by our student athletes. And I think it's evident um, 
with the experience that I get back that our student athletes know they're important. Um, We're here for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe years ago it wasn't like that. Um, it, you know, collegiate athletics, but that's where it is today. And that's what ignites me. And I tell them all the time, I want you to come back in 10 years and say, golly, I'd like to do this again. Right. You know, after they got two kids and two dogs and they go, holy <laughs> smokes, this is hard. I'd yeah. like to be a student athlete again. But I, I, yeah. I appreciate what you do and how hard you work. And, and I, love, I love being busy in December and January and yeah. in April. I love having that opportunity. I, uh, you know, Matt mentioned 2017 when he got here when both our teams were, you know, you were winning a national championship. Frank was in the final four and – I was we were trying jet- to play a spring game. Yeah, trying to play a spring game. I was jet yeah. setting from Phoenix to Dallas, and I thought I was a really smart athletics director. I, <laughs> I had two teams in the final four. Yeah. I thought I really had it figured out. But that's awesome. Wish you the yeah. best, and uh, thanks, thank you coach. for being part of the podcast today. Yeah, thank you so much. Us. Go thank Gamecocks. You. Go Gamecocks. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.